0: It's a musical podcast, the podcast show where I force my boyfriend to watch musicals he really should have seen by now, and then we talk about them.
1: I am the boyfriend. I am Drew. And very excited to start this week, but I thought I'd start with a little something different. That's a huge thank you to everyone who listens, who voted for us in the Self-Made Indie Podcasters Award.
0: Yeah. Because
1: thanks to you and your support, we won The Best Music Review Podcast.
0: Which is amazing. It
1: is so amazing. And we are very humbled Mm -hmm. by your support and very thankful for your support. And we couldn't have done it without you guys. So thank you. If you are listening, please take a second just to give yourselves a big round of applause. (laughs) Because we love you guys. So thank you.
0: Yeah. Exciting. It
1: is very exciting. We're nearly at a year. I know. And it just.
0: And we have some fun things coming up for our year anniversary. We
1: really do. But it just was a really nice thing to, you know, have happen. So thank you. Now, away from the whole like sentimental nonsense, Mm -hmm. what are we looking at this week?
0: So this week we're going to take a nostalgia trip down memory lane to. The game Oregon Trail.
1: Now, I have seen like old video clips of this and like I, I swear Watch Mojo have covered it before in like their lists. Yeah. I like Watch Mojo and it's it's one of my constant recommendations on YouTube. Even if it's not something I'd ever actually watch, I'll probably watch it because I'm mm-hmm. intrigued. I know that this game is is one that's, like, notoriously difficult to do because you are a pioneer mm-hmm. trying to make it to Oregon and, like, you'll die on the way of dysentery or wolves or something ridiculous.
0: Yeah. So...
1: So the musical version of this video game.
0: Yeah. So StarKid Productions looked at this game and yes. were like, this is nostalgic for all of us. Everyone grew up playing this game, especially in America, because it was a lot bigger there. Yeah. But I played this game as a kid and they...
1: Which is funny because I've never played this game and it's oh an God. older game. You
0: know. So I used to play it... When I was a kid, I wasn't very well. And in the hospital that I went to, they had a really old gaming system. Yeah. And one of the games that they had for it was Trail Oregon. And that is because Trail to Oregon is an educational computer yes. game. Yes. And it was made by the Minnesota Educational Computing Consortium in 1974. And it has a whole bunch of spin-offs too. We've got Amazon Trail, Yukon Trail, the Mystery Trail and Africa Trail. Wow. They're all just supposed to teach you about how to survive in these places and all the different trials and tribulations. Yes. That an adventurer might come across. Fair. And I don't remember learning a whole lot. I remember dying a whole lot (laughs) over and over and over again.
1: Which is ironic because if you didn't learn how to survive, you didn't learn from any of those deaths.
0: Some of the things, though, were unavoidable. Yeah. Like some of the stuff that could kill you, you wouldn't realise that you had done like ages earlier. And then at the end it would be like, oh, yeah, by the way, you died because of this thing. Yeah. And you just wouldn't know until you got way further into the game. So annoying. So Starkid, who all grew up playing this based on everything they've said about it, or at least the people involved in this one, Mm -hmm. remembered this game and were like, hey, what if we made a musical out of this game? And also involved the audience in it.
1: Nice, there's audience. Because it's a game. Is this one of those like improv ones where like they stop and say, Hey, what choice should we make here?
0: Kind of. Oh, my God, yes. It comes across so panto in such a British way, where they talk to the audience and they're like, you're right, audience member.
1: Oh, my days. I'm so excited for this one. Mm -hmm. I really, really do love the Team Star Kid stuff that we have watched. Yeah. I really enjoyed the Potter trilogy. I really loved the guy who didn't like musicals. And I'm really looking forward to go back to Hatchetfield Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and watch more of the stuff. And, you know, we haven't covered as much Starkid. I guess that's because there's not that much out there. You know, we just had a Starkid binge. All that goodness is gone. Yeah. You know, yes, we can rewatch it. But, you know, you only get one first time. Mm -hmm. So... I'm I'm really excited to come back to them. Yeah. So I don't think this one has Darren Chris. I think this mm. is obviously going to be it, it's maybe their fifth or sixth.
0: So this show came out in 2014.
1: Yeah. So he's definitely like. So
0: Darren Chris is like out of here at that point. Yeah. Or
1: well, Glee's out of here by that point. Yeah. Or is so it at least season six at that point. It's the final season.
0: By this point, they have already done. Very Potter musical. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, tell you them in order. Me and my dick. Yep. A very Potter sequel. Starship, which we are going to watch at That's the Little Mermaid and
1: Starship Troopers yeah. cross. Mm-hmm. Then they've done Potter Senior Year.
0: They did one before that.
1: Holy Musical Batman. Yeah. Then Potter Senior Year. Then, then Twisted. And, and then, then
0: this, this. And Annie at the same time.
1: They actually did Annie as Annie. No. Okay. So
0: Annie is A-N-I... Oh, no,
1: because it's Off and Annie is in it. It's, it's Anakin, Anakin Skywalker. Skywalker. Yeah. So uh, they did these at the same time as each other. Wow, that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, so both Annie and this one have performed in repertory. So they were doing both of these shows at the same time in a small theatre, which was called Stage 773 mm-hmm. in Chicago. And this one has a way smaller cast than Annie does. There's only six performers in this show. I
1: guess if you're going to look at two of them and think, hey, what's going to have more like crowd appeal? This really old educational video game that probably got smashed in most children's rooms because they kept dying. Mm. Or hey, it's Star Wars. Like, which of those two screams like... Yeah. Shut up and take my money.
0: (laughs) So it was performed between July and August in 2014.
1: Which is weird, because most of them are only for, uh, like, October to December time, aren't they?
0: Yeah, they did 24 performances. This is part of their, like, summer season. Yeah. The characters are played by just six actors, who then play everyone. So they all, like, are multicast.
1: Will this be one of the first ones, then, where I don't recognise? So we won't have Ron, we won't have Draco...
0: Well, so the cast that we have, we have Jeff Blim.
1: Who is the military man from The Guy Who Didn't Like Musicals. Yeah,
0: and the police officer. Mm -hmm. Joey Richter.
1: Joey Richter is Ron. Ron.
0: Jamie Limbetti.
1: That's Draco. No. No, Jamie Limbetti was Ginny.
0: Yes. Uh, Lauren Lopez, who is Draco. Draco. Corey Doris, who is the friend with the teenage daughter in... Oh, I liked musicals.
1: him. I felt, I felt so bad when he died.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. And Rachel Suglin. Yes. Who I don't know that you will recognise. Okay,
1: but that's cool because I'm getting quite a few of the key star kids that I really like in this one then. Yeah. So that was one of the things I was worried about when you said this ran in conjunction with Annie. Because this would feel like, is this the B team mm-hmm. compared to the A team? And would I not recognise people? But that's cool, because I, I, that's one of the things I've really liked about these Starkid ones, is it's, you know, you get to see similar faces each time. Like, that's been one of the real highlights for me when we cover Starkid.
0: Yeah. So Rachel Soglin is, she's only been in Twisted, Trail to Oregon, and Firebringer, which we're also going to watch Firebringer. I mean, Soglin. we
1: are going to watch all the Starkids eventually, I'm sure. Probably
0: not all of them. But
1: we yeah. will watch all of the Starkids.
0: Sure. If you say so. You're the boss.
1: I mean, I'm not the boss, but, <laughs> you know, we will watch them even if we don't cover them all for the show. I mm-hmm. really, I personally want to watch Star Kid. It's not like yeah. we saw Potter musical and thought, oh, God, I can't cope with this. It's not like we watched.
0: Yeah.
1: Guy didn't like music and thought, no, this isn't for me. I really enjoy them. I would rather watch all of them than all the DCOMs. Mm-hmm. And you're going to make me watch all the DCOMs. I am going to
0: make you watch all the decoms, or at least the musical ones. So they performed... In Chicago for their 24-show run. Yeah. Then they put it up on YouTube in 2014 in February. Cool. Then they had a limited run in New York off-Broadway.
1: Nice. Um
0: In May, from literally May 26th to 31st. What,
1: for Oregon? Yeah, in Not 2015. Annie. Not Annie. Wow.
0: And the original Chicago cast all returned for this production. And that was the first time they... that Starkid shows had a full production in New York.
1: That's amazing.
0: Mm-hmm. Then there was also a performance at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, <sighs> followed by a performance at the Other Palace Theatre in the West End. However, it was from a University of Southampton theatrical group called Gone Rogue. So it's not the so Starkid
1: didn't come over and do Edinburgh. No, say, how cool would that be? Oh, I would move mountains to go to Edinburgh Fringe mm-hmm. if I knew Starkid were there. That would be yeah, absolutely so... incredible. So this is one of the first ones where actually a lot they've had a lot of success. I mean, obviously they've been successful, but in terms of having outside groups adapt mm-hmm. their work, perform it, and actually getting to New York, wow, that's yeah. very cool. I didn't i. I thought this one was going to be a real small one, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of like a filler year almost. And I'm not saying that critique. I think you look at everything else that is listed there and obviously you've got Batman represented. You've got Little Mermaid. You've got Aladdin. You have Star Wars. And then you've got this really niche video game. Uh, In my mind, I'm imagining this to be a very much like... You'll be able to see, like, the Oklahoma influence, maybe, and have, like, cowboys and, you know, just tongue-in-cheek.
0: Well, do you know what the plot of the game is? Yeah, you've
1: just got to get to Oregon.
0: Yeah, but you're, like, so in the game, you're the trail leader. Yeah. And you have to get your little band of people. Your convoy, yeah. Yeah, from, so you're a party of settlers, and you have to get from Missouri to Oregon via covered wagon mm-hmm. and it's the game is set in
1: 1848
0: yeah so yeah you're kind of cowboys
1: yeah so like i'm, I'm just imagining like it's going to be part you know the the video game but also maybe have like references to you know maybe a lot more westerns as well but specifically i, I wouldn't be surprised if there is a oklahoma reference yeah you know like i i will be disappointed if there's not like some kind of Reference to, oh, what a beautiful morning. It's then, like, immediately shut down or something. Yeah. You know, I feel like that's something you could do with this. Especially if you have, oh, what a beautiful morning. Juxtaposed with, like, you know, like, one of the characters, like, dying in the background. Mm-hmm. And just, like, whistling in, going, oh, what a beautiful... Oh, no, I'm not having any part of this. Ah! <laughs> you know, like... Yeah. I'm not expecting a full number, but you can't... You can't not reference this. I'm, I'm perhaps you know, shooting myself in the foot here. And, you know, won't get what I want from this. Yeah. Who knows?
0: Well, I like this one. I think it's pretty funny. I like, I really enjoy small casts where they all have to play other characters. Yes. And you have somebody who's literally just been on stage as like a main character shows up as like, villager number four yeah and i love that i think it's really cool well
1: same and it's it's like when we went to see the last five years which was so phenomenal but it's like when we saw that that Mm -hmm. i don't think i'd ever seen a musical in a in an environment like that anyway with just two people on stage the whole time and you know i think the only thing i'd ever seen with such a minimal cast was the woman in black Mm -hmm. and you know, it is such a challenge to have to carry a whole show like this. You don't get big breaks. Yeah. You know, you you have to remember so much more dialogue and especially when you're singing like the strain on your voice.
0: Mm.
1: You know, I, I, and obviously if you're singing right, it won't hurt, but it's going to still be exhausting, you know, singing for that long in that way.
0: Yeah.
1: So it's, it's been quite nice seeing shows with a real minimal cast. Like I've got a lot of respect. It's, is obviously big Broadway numbers are great and you know lots of amazing talent and exhausting for all the dancers but it's just nice to see smaller
0: yeah. more
1: intimate productions hmm. what was like I say critical reception it's maybe not the best barometer with this but what was the reception to this like in terms of the Starkid community and
0: it was it was that it was wildly liked and people really liked the audience interaction and that A lot of it is very tongue-in-cheek and silly.
1: Good. Mm -hmm. That's what I kind of want from them. Kind of what I've come to expect from them. Yeah. You know, an alternative to big Broadway shows where here we are, you know, we don't take ourselves too seriously.
0: Yeah. Which is quite nice. It makes a nice change.
1: Oh, yeah. You know, I think, you know, a lot of people look at musicals like they should be high art and actually they should just be entertaining.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And variety is the spice of life. And I think StarKid offer a really brilliant alternative. Yeah. Cool.
0: Yeah.
1: Are you packed? I am. You You ready to get on the trail?
0: Yeah, I'm player one.
1: You're player one. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'm not going to make any choices. I'm sure that you're probably going to kill us You twice. are making
0: some choices in the watching of this.
1: Am I really? Yeah, you have to. Do I have to? Yeah. Ooh, I like choices. (laughs) I'm I'm really excited. It's been a long day at work. Mm -hmm. And I knew we were coming home to watch this one. And I'm just so hyped for it. And it's nice because for the past two weeks, I haven't been hyped. (laughs) I've been dragging my feet. It's like, can I stay at work a little bit longer, please? Why do I have to be the boyfriend? Why do we have to do this show? (laughs) (laughs) And I love doing this show. But I think this is—it makes a change when I—I I have a really good feeling going into this one. Mm-hmm. You know, I—I'm really, really excited. Yeah. StarKid haven't disappointed me so far. I'm sure they're not going to disappoint me now. Mm-hmm. They might kill me on the way. Yep, Who knows?
0: Probably.
1: <laughs> it's time. To, I've never seen a video game be translated into a musical either. You know, video games don't always translate well to different mediums
0: yeah that's true
1: you know it's notorious like video game video films game to movie. Yeah. you know and the fact that sonic the hedgehog is one of the few that were kind of like oh hey they they actually kind of that got was that. better
0: than i thought it would it, be it
1: was and and this is it you know i'm very excited to see how a video game musical works
0: yeah so are you ready to set off on the trail
1: I don't know. I feel like I might have left something here. Where's my cowboy hat?
0: (laughs) Your gallon hat. We will see you when we make it to the end of the Oregon
1: Trail. If we make it to the end of the Oregon Trail. She went on a run, speed run, to save the future. The woman I love had fire in her eyes. She went on a run, speed run, to save the daughter. Now, the woman I love's come back to life.
0: And we are back. We have completed our trail to Oregon.
1: I don't know about you, but there are some scrapes around the way that I never thought we'd make it.
0: Oh, I did the whole thing as a speed run.
1: Did you? Mm-hmm. Uh, see, that's why I I got swindled very early on, and it really <laughs> hindered my progress. Mm-hmm. You know, you know when you think like you're leveling up, okay, yeah. and you think like you're getting like a really good bit of like secret gear.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, no.
0: Octagonal wheels.
1: I thought they'd make it better, like a smoother ride. Yeah,
0: traction.
1: Yeah, <laughs> turns out it definitely. And here was me thinking that in terms of a cosmetic skin, a floor window would be fantastic.
0: For sure, I've no. been on a boat that had a floor window before. Oh, this wow. is a real thing. I'm not. Oh, actually, know, I'm actually not joking now.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're good for if you want to see more marine life. Mm-hmm.
0: They Just have one dolphins, at some of the sea life great.
1: centers as well. Like back before I watched Blackfish and was like, huh. Yes. Ah. I was gonna say. I don't like these anymore.
0: I do wish sometimes that people could see us when we watch these because sometimes you make absolutely no noise. Yeah, and I can't tell whether you're enjoying things or not. And some this one <laughs> you just laughed a little. Yeah, I yes.
1: think I was far more animated. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'd be more on if if we were recording us. I mean, like you know, yeah, there's pressure there. Well, you know, this is friend... radio.
0: Yeah, a friend of the podcast, Elena, uh, tweeted us the other day and said she would love to watch a movie with us because of our commentary on things.
1: We're quite we, quiet. We don't
0: talk when we watch these. Danny takes a lot of notes, and I'm not allowed to talk because I will just talk over it, and then he misses things.
1: Yeah. How like,
0: many pages of notes did you take for this one? I'm you started counting. a new book for this.
1: Yeah, I did. To Thirteen pages. Wow for this one Wow i I think we're fun I think I think the difference is we like enjoying movies and there's definitely an element of if we want to talk about something, we will pause it yeah obviously if we're at the cinema, we like the silence to watch it and absorb it
0: yeah, but um, the only thing I don't like about the cinema is not being able to like make jokes as things are happening. Oh yeah,
1: like I really love going to cinema and it's, it's one of my greatest passions and something I have sorely missed over mm-hmm. the past year. And I can't wait to go back. But, you know, there have been occasions where we have been watching something and we've had to pause it because it's just like, we need to process this right now. And I, I'm scared to go back to cinemas because I'm like, I won't be able to pause it. Yeah. Oh, no. But, yeah, I I think I, I mean, the only bit of talking we really get is, is where you tell me what the song title is. Mm-hmm. And I might have to go, can you say that again? Because... I was mid-note of something and I can't multitask. Mm-hmm. I do I do think this one, I felt like I was visibly having more fun watching it. Which, you know, is to be expected, I would say, with a Star Kid production. Yeah. Mostly because they are not really to be taken serious, but they are incredibly innovative and incredibly creative. Yeah. At least from my perspective, if you look at everything else we watch. I don't think we have anything else like a Star Kid production. You know, each one is very different. And they because they are smaller and they have their audience, mm-hmm. you know, people will follow them. Yeah. And as a result, they can be far more experimental.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: My one critique with this one is kind of that there wasn't more. Like, yeah. But then at the same time... How much can you do, you know, without well, it being too difficult?
0: Yeah, so the thing with this one is kind of, kind of in the way that, you know, when the Lion King came out, they were mm. also working on Pocahontas. Yes. And everyone thought Pocahontas was going to be the big deal. Yeah. And it wasn't.
1: Yeah. And then Lion King became a phenomenon.
0: That's kind of the way that this seemed to work with Annie, because I remember this coming out. And everyone being like, oh, yeah, Annie's the big musical this this time. Yeah. And everyone was really hyped for it. And then I personally didn't like Annie. Yeah. I don't know anybody that did, basically. In my circle of friends who were all obsessed with Starkid, none of us really liked Annie. Annie, when it came out, they tried, from my perspective, they tried so hard to be funny, but also obvious enough that everyone would understand everything that I was just kind of like oh no this is a bit much and unfortunately they also had my least favorite star kid play Anakin which sounds really mean no however obviously they're a collective of actors you're gonna have ones that you prefer and ones that you don't like Which I have
1: to say like I got the ones I really like from this one
0: yeah and all the ones I love are in Oregon
1: and and this is the thing is I know that I, I did critique a few bits of a very Potter musical, and maybe that was burnout from watching three in one day. Yeah. But there were moments where I felt like Lauren Lopez rolling around off of Draco was too much. Mm-hmm. and You know, that that was a bit too much for me anyway. Would those issues have been the same had we spaced them out? Who knows? But I, mm-hmm. I get what you're meaning, that sometimes they don't know where the line is. The difference yeah. is obviously Potter musical, Potter sequel were their first and their third, mm-hmm. they're still growing and maturing. I think by this point, you can see they found their style. Yeah. And yeah, I I loved this one. I really enjoyed this one.
0: Yes. So this show also was written by Jeff Blim, along with Nick and Lang.
1: Was this his first like writing credit for Star Kid?
0: That's a really good question.
1: Because I know he's gone on to do a lot since. Like he was responsible for a guy who didn't like musicals. But was this where he started or, you know?
0: So he's in Holy Musical Batman. Jeff Blim sort of got discovered by um, Nick Lang. Yes. Who helped write a very popular musical. And a lot of the early Star Kid. And he was in a Shakespeare adaptation with lauren lopez cool and nick lang went to see it and met him and was like hey you should come audition for holy musical batman we're doing this musical based on like parody batman things
1: i'm already i'm dream casting who he is now
0: oh so they made up a character oh
1: okay so They're, I was thinking, their like
0: main villain in that is fictional right
1: fair enough i was gonna say if he is a batman villain yeah he has to be the riddler Uh, mostly because there's the Jim Carrey element to him. Yeah,
0: basically the character that they make is a cross between the Joker and the Riddler. Yeah,
1: that's exactly what I was kind of Mm -hmm. thinking. He's got the hair for Joker, but he's got like the zaniness for Riddler. Yeah. At least the Jim Carrey-esque Riddler. Anyway, that's besides the point.
0: So he showed up in Holy Musical Batman, then he was in A Very Potter Senior Year, he was Aragog. Yes. Then he was in Twisted... And then he wrote Trail to Oregon and then he helped write the music and lyrics for a Guy Who Didn't Like Musicals, Black Friday and Nightmare So Time. this was
1: his first writing credit then. Mm-hmm. Good. I He has quickly in I, two shows become my favourite star kid. Yeah, same. I know I wasn't that impressed with the Aragog stuff, but again, I do think that was Burnout. That kind of
0: has nothing to do with him.
1: No, I know. I think it was Burnout because that is the third.
0: Yeah, and I, really, I think you're going to really like him in Holy Musical Batman.
1: Yeah. The Trail to Oregon. Yes. I think it starts off really well, you know. And the first, the very first note I have
0: mm-hmm.
1: is Jeff Blim is so great.
0: Jeff Blim is so great.
1: He has the presence and he has the kind of charm mm-hmm. to carry this.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know,
1: we haven't at this point seen him in a starring role because he's very, you know, bitty in the guy who didn't like musicals, he plays a few roles very well. Yeah. But this, this is him front and centre and he has the presence to carry it off. Hmm. You know, his demeanour, his speaking tone, it's so welcoming and so endearing. I i really like it. And especially the, the banter he has with Grandpa and the rest of the family. Mm-hmm. You get acquainted with this family very very quickly and I think Gone to Oregon is a great opening number yeah we've got high energy which we didn't Mm. have last week it's amazing how much more you can get sucked into a musical when this is what you're greeted with you know yeah
0: and this song's such a good introduction to the world and the characters and And all
1: three kinds of people
0: (laughs) what was it bankers farmers
1: and police no. I can't remember what the third type of person was. I did not write them down. The
0: farmers and something else. I'm sure I'll remember what yeah. it is.
1: But it's just tongue in cheek about this world. Like it really is that, you know, parody of what we'd expect from the Wild West. Yeah. And then the greatest revelation. The audience gets to name <laughs> them. Oh my God, that is so awesome. I'm so awesome. glad
0: that you enjoyed this. Now... I love audience interaction.
1: Yeah, and I was thinking, great, okay, so these will be the names that we'll use for these characters. Yep. Oh, wait, we try to be a PG show.
0: Yeah, so we're just going to say what they're called, I guess, because it's a...
1: Well, in the spirit mm-hmm. of this show, where yeah. you, the viewer, get to choose, in the star kid way... I decided to name the characters. So I have given them names and that's what I refer to them as for the entirety of my notes.
0: Sure. So the characters we have are father, mother, daughter, son and grandpa.
1: Yes. Well, specifically teenage daughter Mm -hmm. and all-American son.
0: Yes. With a face like apple pie.
1: There are some names that they have that are acceptable. So for instance, father is... Jack, Jack Bauer, Bauer which, which is great. brilliant, great and you told me that there was a version of the show where one of the other characters was called Jeff Blim.
0: Grandpa was called Jeff Blim. Which, I found a comprehensive list, yes, of every single show
1: and every single name and who died,
0: of which char- what the names of the characters are and which character got killed at the end, and it's great. It's so funny. And
1: if you are interested in checking that out, that was also shared to us on Twitter mm-hmm. for the poll for this episode. So you can actually check that out as well. Yeah,
0: it's so great.
1: It is not safe for work. No. There are some great names.
0: Oh my God. At one of them, the mum was named Troy Bolton.
1: Yes. There was one as well where someone was called Zephron.
0: That's hilarious. There are some
1: great names. So there are some that were, you know, PG. Mm-hmm. But these weren't necessarily PG. No. So I gave them my own names. Yeah. So I called Grandpa, he was the first one I named, I called him Stinky Pete. Excellent. Because he, he, he looks like a prospector, and that yeah. just made me think of Toy Story. My names aren't as creative, so I apologise. They're not as cool, and I'm sorry, Starkid, I've probably let you down. But these are the names I went with. I called the all-American son, Nookling.
0: Nookling, oh yep. my god, that's so funny. Especially because he's wearing a Davy Crockett yep.
1: hat. Yep, that's exactly why. I'm glad you picked up on that. I <laughs> I called the teenage daughter Elsa. Why? We watched Frozen 2 for my birthday and, mm-hmm. you know, I just can't let it go. So yeah. I, named, I named teenage daughter Elsa, which becomes inadvertently hilarious for some of my notes, I have to say. Mm-hmm. I named Wagon Mother Zelda. Okay. When I first started playing the Legend of Zelda games, I didn't realise the protagonist was Link. So I would name him Zelda. So I just thought, to honour that, I have to name a character in this game, Zelda.
0: Like how I named my horse Zelda. Yes.
1: (laughs) Now, I, I was initially thinking about calling Father Zelda in that, or calling him Long. Yep. However... Because Jeff Blim just reminds me so much of Jim Carrey.
0: Just called Jim Carrey.
1: I decided to call him Bruce Almighty. <laughs> which, yeah, became a lot of fun. So those are the names we are going with. We have Wagon Leader is Bruce Almighty, and that is Father. Wagon Mother is Zelda. Mm-hmm. Teenage Daughter is Elsa. All-American Son is Nooklin. And Grandpa was Stinky Pete. Yeah. So that's that's how I will be referring to them through this episode.
0: However, in the version we watched... I'm just gonna say what they were called. Yeah, go for it. In the version we watched, father is Jack Bauer, which is awesome. Yep. Mother is slippery when wet.
1: Yep.
0: <laughs> Hilarious. Daughter is mouthface. Son is crap hole. Grandpa is titty mitty. And the family name that they were given Which I kept was Dick Rats, which is Star Kid Backwards. Which is why
1: I kept it.
0: Yeah. But there have been some, some truly excellent names. Yeah. But I like this And version. one of the
1: things I really like is if you're maybe new to Starkid and you have no idea what you've walked in with, mm-hmm. the way that the characters encourage you to give silly names.
0: Oh my God, yeah.
1: I think is really cool.
0: So will the characters introduce what they would call their, their families? Yes, And the daughters are like Todd and Michael and yeah. Mary and the... Then Grandpa says some, like, Captain Bart Nugget, I think yeah. is what he says. And Jack Bauer says, well, come on, Grandpa, you're going to encourage the audience that they should give us silly names, which they shouldn't. And Grandpa's like, well, they should. Yeah. It would be really funny.
1: Yeah, and I like that. I think that's really, really, like, that's part of the appeal of this show.
0: That's part of the appeal of stupid Video games yeah. that where the characters don't really matter that much. You're just going to name them whatever. It's like when you have Pokemon that you name like garbage. And... Oh,
1: the Game Grumps playthrough of Pokemon FireRed mm-hmm. where they just give them the silliest names. Mm-hmm. It's excellent. And I love the meta humour to this song as well because we also have a moment where Bruce Almighty steps out and he says, Hey honey, I, uh, I wrote this show. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah. She says, why do you get to be the wagon leader? And he's like, well, I don't know if you know this, honey, but I wrote the show. I loved it. I thought that was excellent.
1: And there's also a really funny line where they say, go next door and see something professional, which I'm assuming would be Annie. Yep. Which, you know, I love. I would not have got that joke in the same way had you not told me about Annie.
0: No. I think
1: I'd have just assumed they were making fun that there was you know, a more professional show, but it's even funnier that they are like highlighting themselves.
0: Yeah. They make another joke about being Broadway bound because Chicago doesn't have Broadway. Yeah. Which is great, mm. especially because they end up off Broadway.
1: Yeah. So we learn that their farm burnt down, hence their move. And it was an act of God. Mm hmm. Which Our is, old friend God. <laughs> which is even funny because it's actually Bruce Almighty that burnt it down. Yeah. So still technically an act of God by my book.
0: Yeah. This is a, a great reoccurring joke. Oh, yeah. Like, a lot of the the jokes in this are just so funny. And knowing that it comes from Nick and Matt Lang and Jeff Blim. Like, it's, it's so good.
1: Yeah. One of the kind of key defining traits of Nookling, a seven-year-old boy,
0: mm-hmm.
1: he just wants to skinny dip
0: yep you ever been skinny dipping
1: yes have you i i <laughs> went to university in brighton
0: oh which yeah, okay, is fair a, enough. you know it's a, a town the by sea. the sea
1: for those of you who are not aware a very famous student town yes i have been skinny dipping so our second song i-n-d-e pendants yep. i-n-d-e pendants oh this was so much yes, fun yes
0: this is Oh, and by this point as well, there have been so many lines that are just straight quotes from the game. Yes. All the way through the show, it's just quotes and quotes from the game and stupid things that happened in this game that used to wind me up as mm. a kid. Where And like unskippable dialogue where yes. you have to listen to people. So what they've done with this song is put all the unskippable dialogue into a really, really fast-paced, brilliant yeah, song. Yeah,
1: because Joey Richter plays all the NPCs, mm-hmm. and that's excellent. I think he's really perfect for that role. Mm-hmm. We obviously have some of the other characters multi-rolled, but Joey Richter has the energy and kind of the ability to do it. Yeah, you know, and he is perfect for it. And it's like a Tasmanian devil, like mm-hmm. whirlwind, spinning around the yeah, stage. spinning yeah. around the stage, and all these different characters. And I love it. Bruce Almighty wants boxes of bullets and he gets swindled. I like this. Two wagons for the price of one. Mm-hmm. And a free ox for an extra $50. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep.
1: Who couldn't say yes to that deal? Me.
0: The mum. The daughter. Right. So we learn
1: very quickly that Bruce Almighty is not that smart. Nice. And it's clearly... Zelda, who is the brains of the bunch.
0: Yeah, so the father constantly, we are told that previously even, he always gets them into situations that the mother has to get them out.
1: Yes, I do feel that some of the humour in this is very Seth MacFarlane, like Stan Smith almost, where he thinks he knows best and he goes forward and he learns a lesson on the way, and it just... You know, some of the delivery from Jeff Lynne would have really felt like I was watching Seth MacFarlane in A Million Ways to Die in the West. Mm. I'm not saying it's exactly I did not the like same. That
0: film.
1: <laughs> I think it highlighted a lot of his weaknesses, but It
0: highlighted a lot of his personality faults.
1: Yes, but my my point is more that you know he's that kind yeah. of character. Mm-hmm. I don't mind that.
0: It's nice to see a flawed character like he, uh, especially as a protagonist.
1: Yes. And I like
0: this family dynamic of like,
1: we just don't get along. Well, I do think it's something that Starkid have done really well is you know, flawed protagonists. You know, Mm -hmm. Harry is quite flawed and, you know, maybe more extreme arrogance. This isn't extreme arrogance from Bruce Almighty. He's just kind of. Yeah. Bumbling along. But I feel like you get a really nice journey from him.
0: Yeah, this character that Jerry Richter is playing is just called the General Store Guy. Yes. I like that. I didn't and pick they up refer on that to him yet. as that
1: over yeah. and over again. But it is, story. he is an NPC, and and I think that's really, really awesome. And I think they've actually captured the idea of what it is to be an NPC really well here.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, you know, he, he has a life beyond this, but he's really not important. so you mm-hmm. just pick up and go.
0: No, there's a great part of this song where he actually runs out of breath and is like... <laughs>
1: Yeah, (laughs) that was great. There's a line where someone says, use your kids as tourniquets, Mm -hmm. which I thought...
0: They won't be traumatised.
1: Yeah, like, I think they do a good job at making jokes at how difficult it is to live in this time period, but also kind of, they Mm -hmm. do nail how difficult it is to live in this time period. Elsa is scared of dying on this trip. Yeah. And... There's a really nice moment where they spell independence, inde pendants. and Nookling spells the E backwards.
0: (laughs) I did not notice that. (laughs) It's so
1: funny. I am Nookling. There's some really good character-like development so quickly, and it's like, you know what every single character is about. Mm -hmm. You know that Stinky Pete is, you know, like the crazy old...
0: Crazy grandpa, yeah.
1: Yeah, crazy grandpa. You know that... Elsa is, like, flirtatious and bold. Mm -hmm. You know that Nookling is a really stupid seven-year-old boy. Mm -hmm. You know that Zelda is the competent parent. And you know that Bruce Almighty is your hero who is going to go on a journey and learn to be a better parent along the way. Yeah. If they make it that far. But you know what I mean? Like, they do a really good job very, very quickly at telling you everything you need to know about these characters so we can move on and start the story.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: We meet one of my favourite characters, McDoon. And Elsa flirts with him.
0: Yep. So he, he says he's Henry McDoon and that he's a trapper and trader.
1: And he makes the lady swoon. McDoon. Yes. Nice. But he warns of the Bandit King.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I, I write here, I bet McDoon is the Bandit, the Bandit King. Bandit King. <laughs> and Zelda quickly puts the kibosh on it. You yeah,
0: th- in one of my favourite quotes ever, which is, so she says that she made her daughter out of her blood and sweat and tears and she loves her more than anything in the world. But she'd rather smother her in her sleep than let her marry at Henry McJune. So he would have better luck sticking his pecker in a cactus.
1: Yes. Which is hilarious. No, it is. And like, you get that, you know. Yeah. This is your child. You care about them. <laughs> i would
0: literally rather kill her than let her marry you we meet Cletus,
1: who is the worst wingman we learn he's killed three people Mm -hmm. and he's not very good at you know trying to seal the deal no elsa is quite happy and quite content to be a child bride but zelda says no 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 Mm -hmm. she does not want (laughs) her daughter marrying this creepy old guy yep and he says well it's war between us and it's clear that He was the bandit king.
0: Yes, he swears revenge on them.
1: Because he he, he tells them, like, you've angered the bandit king. And, yeah, we've we've got a villain. Nice and quick. We move on to the next bit. Mm -hmm. But really, really effective. All he's motivated by is, I want what I can't have, and I will have it.
0: Yep. Sounds about right.
1: Yep. Nookling finds a chicken and is cuddling it, but is also trying to eat a dead bird. Yep. (laughs) Oh, I just love Nooklyn and I think this is this is so amazing like Lauren Lopez
0: plays a very convincing seven
1: year old boy is so good here like you know I do do really enjoy her as Draco Malfoy but like I say sometimes was was too much for me but I feel like she's definitely matured as a I feel like
0: when we eventually watch Black Friday yes And hopefully when the third Hatchetfield show comes out, you'll see Lauren Lopez play a very different kind of character. But this
1: is it. She already did when we watched the guy who didn't like musicals. Yeah. But here, it definitely feels like her comedy is much more, like her her timing has gotten better. Mm -hmm. She's much more secure and confident in herself, Mm -hmm. which I really like. She still is very willing to, to be the butt of these jokes, but does it. A lot with a lot more finesse, you know what I mean? Stinky Pete did not approve the marriage, and we learn that he is the father of Zelda. Yeah, and he keeps going toot toot, which made me think of Joke Boat. Oh, sure. The wheels are octagons for eight times the traction.
0: Yeah, he paid so much money for this stupid carriage. Wagon thing and a. It's trash. Yeah.
1: I do really like the prop design of the wagon. I think they actually have, have gone about creating it in a very effective way. Mm-hmm. Just like a stationary bit of prop that they will move on. Yeah, and
0: it's on like dolly wheels yeah. as well. Which is I funny. think it's
1: really effective. They also got a blind ox, which is important because they do have Elsa to think of.
0: It's a blind, horny ox, which is believed to be the offspring of one of the townspeople and
1: an ox and is played very ably by Joey Richter (laughs) it's the one bit kind of questionable
0: yeah this is the one part of the show I
1: could live without no it isn't there's two parts of the show you could live without okay yeah and we go to the grind and I think this is a really fun song Mm -hmm. we're smiling your daughter's crying He is so in his own little world. Yeah. Like, he doesn't have an awareness. This is very much what he wants to do. And he is blind to everyone else.
0: Yeah, they could... This is the thing, right? They could have just rebuilt their farm. Oh, yeah. But he's decided, oh, no, this is a sign.
1: Yeah. This is a sign from God. No, it was you Mm -hmm. putting the candle on the dry hay.
0: Yeah, but this trip is going to be fun and educational.
1: Just like the game. (laughs) I really like the way they do the passing of the days here. You know, with the, the lights going...
0: Chirp, chirp, chirp,
1: yep. chirp, chirp. cock a Also the lighting, like it's really fun, tongue-in-cheek. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, I'm thinking, okay, two days have passed. No, it's been three months. Mm-hmm. And God gets blamed again for all of this. Yep. and My
0: good friend God is back.
1: I just love how sarcastic Zelda is. Yeah,
0: she's so great. She has
1: got no time for any of it.
0: Yeah, Rachel Soglin is an incredibly funny actress. Yeah,
1: because she's the only one from this that I haven't seen in a Starkid production. Yeah. And I I really liked her in this. You know, Mm -hmm. she's up against people I know that I've enjoyed and I think she holds her own. Yeah. And if not surpasses some of them, you know, like I think there are moments where she is one of the best things about this show.
0: Yeah. Well, so... Obviously, she's only in three shows. Yes. But when they moved from Chicago to L.A., Starkid, she decided to stay in Chicago. So she's not officially a Starkid anymore. But yeah.
1: So they go to feed their ox. And there was no grass. And we learn that Nookling ate all the grass. But it must have been bad. Yeah. Because it made him sick.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God i forgot about this yeah oh, so then, yeah maybe it made the ox sick maybe he didn't like it because when i ate it, it made me really ill and the mum's just like oh oh i'm gonna kill you
1: <laughs> but we also get like a really light one so well i'm a seven year old and like i don't get how the world works and i'm just really curious like i've been throwing all our supplies off the wagon just to see how far they bounce and i try and catch them
0: and it's not even to see if they bounce it's just just
1: to throw things. Just because I'm seven and I have lots of questions about the world and I don't know why I do things. I'm a kid. Yeah, that's what kids do.
0: He we established that his method for discovery with things is that he will look <laughs> at it and then poke it. Yep. And then pick it up and shake it a couple yep. of times, and then put it in his mouth. And if it doesn't try to get out of his mouth, then it's he's going
1: down. Eat it. yeah. yeah, and. <laughs> We learned that the scorpion knew the game. Yep. And I respect him too. He got out of dodge.
0: Mm-hmm. That I scorpion li- got out of it.
1: I love this monologue. So I absolutely adore this moment from from, from nookling. Yeah. I think it's so would good. Would you set this
0: as a monologue for one of your students?
1: No. <laughs> However, I would so do a TikTok of this monologue myself <laughs> I just think it was great I, I really really enjoyed it and we get a few more moments like this which are really fun I don't think they overplay the joke you know what I mean?
0: yeah no it's just cute it's he nice. has the other his other monologue is when he's kind of drunk yeah, later on exactly and it's, it's like twice yeah, which is good
1: it's 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 saved for key points yeah. it doesn't outstay it's welcome and I like it
0: um, so in response to him throwing, eating, no, he eats it all, doesn't he? he in response to him eating all of the grass and, and throwing all of their supplies away, uh, the mother says, well, in that case, you're going to go and get some dinner. Grandpa, take these children hunting.
1: I don't trust Nookling to hunt, for the record. This can only end badly. So
0: they hand him the gun and mum says, he says, I don't know how to use this. And she says, well, figure it out. So, of course.
1: Nookling points it. At his face. go
0: straight in his mouth. And the way that Jack, Jack Bauer, Jeff Blim. It's
1: just like, no no, reaction, no, 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 no.
0: Because the mum has the reaction to take it off of him. Yeah. But just in the background, Jeff Blim's just like, he like leaps. And then just sort of crumples in the background. What I like it's is so this great. just
1: shows that the parents aren't listening.
0: No. Nookling it, it has already
1: all. said, this is how I learn how things work. I prod mm. it, I throw it, and I put it in my mouth. Yeah. And see what happens. Mm-hmm. I just think it's a really fun continuity of that same thing that had just been said. Yep. So, yes.
0: Sometimes it pays to be an animal. Yep.
1: Stinky Pete leads the hunting party. Yeah. Elsa has bloodlust and she acts accent-
0: <laughs> Look at me. I'm a girl with a gun. I'm up for blood. I love the way that Jamie Limberty. Delivers this line is so she's great. So good I've as heard well. this on TikTok before, yeah. like so many times, and I love it. It's so fun.
1: She just is so much fun as well. Like, again, she's really seasoned as well compared mm-hmm. to Ginny. She was great as Ginny, but we're really seeing the, these actors come into their strides, you know? Yeah. And yeah.
0: You know how, like, there's the six degrees of separation thing? Yes. I am two degrees separated from Jamie Lynn Betty. How so? So the girl that I there I worked at a summer camp in America and one of the girls that was in my cabin is also called Drew and she loves musicals and we got on really well and she is best friends with Jamie Linfetti.
1: Jeez, <laughs> yeah. that's very cool. Mm-hmm. I Have to call in some favors. I know, right?
0: I shout out to little Drew if she's ever <laughs> listening to this, but
1: <laughs> she's gonna be listening to be like, huh, I used to know a Drew and she's gonna listen to herself and be like it's the same Drew. Yep. Could you imagine? That would be serendipitous.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm big Drew and she's little Drew. Yeah. So.
1: Elsa also nearly shoots. Well, she does shoot.
0: She shoots Grandpa. She shoots And Stinky he's just Pete. fine.
1: He's, it grazes We never him. address it again. No. And we learn of the personal war of 1812
0: mm-hmm. with
1: the lobsters. Yep. And winning that war was how Stinky Pete got his face on the million dollar bill.
0: Okay. But mum says there's no such thing as a million dollar bill.
1: And there's also no such thing as a war with the lobsters. So we'll just leave that there because he's clearly just forgotten.
0: I don't remember whether this was a thing from the game.
1: I've got no idea either. <laughs> or I, if they just, I think it's more of that kind of
0: It's they probably exaggerated just added old yeah.
1: character, you know, which again... I don't always like that trope, and I know I've criticised it on previous episodes, Mm -hmm. but I don't think they use it too much with Grandpa. I think it's never to the point of being like, okay, and move on. Especially
0: considering we find out that he's not crazy.
1: Yes. No, I know, but what I like is the fact that it's never the focal point. It's It's not overdone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And because of that, it becomes tolerable. So they... (laughs) That's one of my favourite bits of this, the buffalo family.
0: Yes, there's mum, dad and baby buffalo.
1: And mum is played by Zelda.
0: Yeah, so we have Jeff Blum playing the dad buffalo and Rachel Soglin as the mum buffalo and then Joey Richter as the baby buffalo who's got his trembly baby buffalo legs. Oh. (laughs) I I fell over.
1: (laughs) I really like the bits of like... We're going to go to Oregon because that's where these buffalos will make it. And I like the parallels to the family. And I love what everyone's saying to Nookling, shoot the baby. And Nookling's like, can what? you hear them talk? Can you hear them talk? And no one else can. No one else we are can. just seeing this from it's Nookling's perspective. And there's a funny, the really good moment where Jeff Bloom goes, look, honey, human folk. Mm-hmm. Followed by, ooh, I slipped. The musical side of this song is really great, I think. It mm-hmm. very much fits the genre. It feels like a, you know, Western song. I think it's done very effectively. And it culminates with Nookling killing Mother Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And then, in self-defence, <laughs> Father Buffalo.
0: Yep. Because he says he's going to kill him.
1: Yes. And then we have Baby Buffalo. Oops. I slipped. Oh, he tries to
0: run away. He's like, oh, my shaky baby legs. If only I could get them to run. Oh no, I slip.
1: And he says, if you are that hungry, eat my parents wide in front of me. Which is horrifying. Yep. I'm kind of expecting a twist where Nookling's like, I am now a vegetarian.
0: That is basically what happens. It
1: is basically what happens. But sure enough nookling shoots baby buffalo mm. and basically has all the meat in front of him that the dick rats need yep to survive but then stinky pete reveals that they can only carry one tenth of these buffaloes because mm-hmm. they can only carry 20 pounds of the 200 pounds which is kind of the perfect footnote to this joke yeah it's horrifying And horrible. But but also that's
0: how this game works. Yeah.
1: And yes, back at home, Nookling has a brand new nickname. Mm -hmm. He is the baby killer. (laughs) And he refuses to eat because he's Mm -hmm. too traumatised by what he's done. And you just have Lauren Lopez lying there face down like, just like, I'm so done. Mm -hmm. I'm heartbroken at what I've done.
0: So the daughter is still hungry, even though they've eaten what they brought back of buffalo, yes. and she wants some more, and the mother says no to her.
1: And she replies by saying, you can sometimes be overbearing.
0: Yeah, she says, I never get what I want, and you can just sometimes be a bit overbearing, and the mother's like, okay,
1: fine. I can be overbearing? <gasps> fine! And we get the brilliant... <laughs> oh most amazing moment where she dies because she's so done with this.
0: Imagine doing this, not as a parent, but as a teacher, imagine doing this and a class of of kids are really annoying you. And they're like, Oh, this lesson sucks. This is really boring. And you could just be like, Oh, okay. Well, I guess, I guess I'll just, I'll die then.
1: Because I have spent all these hours marking your previous work, and and planning your learning for today's lesson on your it was, prior knowledge. It's just
0: a waste of my time. And Well, I'm ready, God. Take me.
1: Clearly, I have nothing <laughs> else to live for. So that's it, God. I, I am ready. Beam me up, God. I am ready to die.
0: <laughs> and you just lie down and pretend to be dead.
1: And then you have one... I, but this is it. And then it will get to the point, like, two terms in, where one of your kids goes, It won't work, sir. It won't work. We didn't believe it last time. It won't work this time. Sir...
0: Wake up, sir. Sir, why aren't you
1: breathing, sir? Wake up. Oh no, he's dead.
0: God sent me back. <laughs> yeah, so she, and we established that she's done this several times. It's before? the best
1: bit where Elsa's just like, it won't work.
0: It won't work. It mama. won't work. Come back, mama, I need you. And it's
1: great because Elsa is sad at her dead mum and she shouts, why couldn't God take dad instead?
0: That's amazing.
1: Yeah. I so, told you, it became really fun that I chose to name this character Elsa. Yeah. And so the
0: the mum wakes back up and she says, There I was at the pearly gates and St. Peter says to me, There is a full child down there who needs you. I said, No, St. Peter, let me in. Open the gates, please. You don't know how they treat me. It's incredible.
1: What I like is that Elsa then wishes that she had no family and that the bandit king would come and take her away. And they're like, well, your last wish came true. I died. Maybe this wish will come true. Mm -hmm. Zelda promises Nookling no one will die. She can't keep that promise. No,
0: she's not in charge of
1: that. She's not in charge of that. And then we get a really beautiful song.
0: Yeah, The World's at stake.
1: One of the... Best things about this show is how it balances some really, really, like, funny songs Mm -hmm. with some really, like, mature musical theatre songs. Yeah. I think this is more musical theatre than anything we've seen StarKid do at this, you know, at this point in their careers. Obviously, the guy who didn't like musicals has some real musical numbers, but this is especially, like, it's so translatable. You can see why this one made it to New York. Mm -hmm. Because... It kind of has the the peaks and troughs of a Broadway show. And this song especially, you know, where Zelda's singing about... And it's still got the funny tone to it. Like, it's not a serious song, but it's performed in that way. Zelda didn't want to be a mother, but she fell in love at first sight with Elsa. And it's really interesting to hear, you know, this 17-year-old, like, finding out they're pregnant. And being like, hey, I wanted to do more with my life. Mm
0: -hmm. And not even liking him that much. yeah, Which is interestingly established in this one. It
1: is. I really liked this number and I think, I think Zelda did a fantastic job performing it. And uh, this song finishes and then Bruce Almighty comes out with his awesome set of long johns. Mm -hmm. And he mentions how one of the flaps on his butt flap is broken.
0: Yep.
1: And Zelda mistakes (laughs) seduction for a sewing hint. Yeah. She's like, I'm not going to sew
0: are trying to get me to sew your pants?
1: <laughs> and he's like, no, I was trying to have a uh, cuddle. And
0: mm-hmm. she's
1: just like, well, no, sorry, no.
0: So he just has a hissy fit and lies down.
1: Yes. And oh, she, then
0: she, she changes her mind.
1: Yes. But before she changed her mind, she has the worst euphemism ever. Mm-hmm. She says, I'm not going to let you inject me with your filth. Yuck. I know, right? That is the worst. Ugh. But then we learn, yes, Zelda actually wanted to be wooed. And mm-hmm. she goes over to where he's sleeping and she she pulls up her dress a little bit and reveals you her shoulder. It's yeah. yes, like ankles and shoulder. Ooh la la. Mm-hmm. And then realises Bruce Almighty is asleep. Yeah. And she gets really angry. And he says, guys, play something.
0: Oh yeah. He turns around to the band and he's like, no, no, I'll woo you, I'll woo you. And he's like, guys, help me out here. So they start playing, like...
1: When a man loves a woman style music. I you was going
0: to say, like, bad porn
1: yeah. <laughs> music. <laughs> wow, wow. Wow,
0: wow, wow, wow.
1: And it works. Yep. And as he gets back into his sleeping bag, he has a really, really cute, hilarious boyish giggle.
0: Yeah.
1: And just <laughs> before... It is, but it it works, this character. But before, before they can get to the adult cuddles. Mm
0: -hmm. Oh, so she thinks it's his hand running up her leg and it's not.
1: Yes, it was a snake.
0: It was a snake and it bites her.
1: And she's like, you gotta suck the venom out. And he's too busy kissing the feet And the legs. And she's like... You're
0: kissing my leg. Suck the venom out.
1: And she's like, I'm going blind. I'm going blind. And he does it. He saves her. Mm -hmm. Well done. Yes. He sucks the
0: venom out. And she says, you've done one thing right in your life. You saved me. You did this.
1: And then... He swallows.
0: Yeah, he makes my least favourite noise.
1: And she's like, you you idiots. you
0: were not meant to swallow the venom and he's like why not and then we get dysentery worlds.
1: he gets the out of body experience now what i like is he's still sat up and he's kind of you know just like figuring out the world and you mm. see everyone around like oh no he's dead like it's really cleverly done Yeah,
0: they're all sort of hunched over where his body would have been
1: yes and he stands up and you know he's he's tripping and he's, he's told, one of your family will die. Mm-hmm. There are watchers who will determine. And he's like, who are these watchers? What do you mean? He's learning the secrets. Why did
0: they watch?
1: <laughs> he's le- and he says, show me these watchers. And the watchers are revealed via the house lights coming up, yeah. which is great. And he's like, you want to watch us die for your entertainment? And you just hear heard in the audience a uh, woo! which is great. Like, this this really did feel... I know I've said it before. It's just so Jim Carrey. Yeah. You know, like, one of his outbursts. And Joey Richter's voiceover says, how will they die? And someone says, dysentery!
0: Yeah, so they ask the audience at every showing to decide how the family will die. And... The correct answer is dysentery. So, because for the show to work...
1: It has to be dysentery. It has
0: to be dysentery. However, the fact... In real life, because the game became such a big thing and yeah. it was sort of just like a cult classic immediately, there were like t-shirts that you could buy that said you died of dysentery. That yeah. It was like a big joke, essentially. So everybody who knows this game knows... Oh, you you done disengagement.
1: Yeah, I, I, I was curious, like, because obviously we get Joe Rick to go, wow, they got it for the first time. I was curious, and you you dispelled it. I was curious if they would change the death based on what the watchers say. No, I, it has know. to be disengagement. So are they like, no, it's not Rattlesnake, try again. No, yeah. they will not get burnt, try again. No, they will not get drowned in the river, try again. Yeah. I like that idea. Mm-hmm. I'd love to be in an audience, and I'd love if we'd seen a version where it was. All the wrong things. They will get shot. Try again. Mm-hmm. You know, like all the different things.
0: And then, yeah, eventually you get dysentery. But in this version, somebody in the audience shouts dysentery. And Jerry is like, wow, first time.
1: Not the first musical I have seen that has a song about dysentery.
0: No. I'm assuming... Oh, uh, Book Mormon? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Weird. And I'm thinking, oh no, is Bruce Almighty actually dead? Because... We see his family. They're they're saying his last rites. They've they've put him in a coffin. Mm-hmm. They've dug a hole, and Stinky Pete is like, "No, no, 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 no! That was my, my coffin." coffin. <laughs> and then Zelda says, "No, look, it's a ceremonial thing. We'll dump him in the hole and save the coffin because that's all of the our coffin coffins is for everyone." And just as they go to dump him, he's alive, and. There's a really brilliant joke from Zelda where she has a go and she's like, how sick are you? What sort of parent fakes their death? Mm-hmm. And I just love that line. I mm. think that's so funny considering what we've just seen. But we also learn he is now addicted to snake venom, which is a very real part of most like games like this. Mm-hmm. You know, on Fallout, you would take uh, Raid Away. For the radiation, you could become addicted to them. Is that I like actually that. part of that game? In in uh, Fallout, yes. I don't know if you could get addicted to snake venom or something on. No, I don't Trail mean in real Argon. life. I mean. No, on, on, on Trial Target, I don't know, but I like it. And then we cut to the Bandit King.
0: Yes, and his boyfriend.
1: And his boyfriend. Well, he wishes for a family, mm-hmm. and I I think, you know what. Had he just settled for Cletus, because Cletus clearly loves him, and they have a good thing together, and he's just scared to commit to Cletus, it's like we're casual, had he just committed to Cletus, they would be happy, Mm -hmm. they would be satisfied, (laughs) but no, he has to have his child bride. He has
0: to just have everything he can't have, because he's like a thief.
1: Well it is, and the second that Zelda was like, you're not having my daughter, he's like, now I want her even more. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like when you're on a diet yeah, and you're like, no more sugar for me. All you crave is sugar.
0: And now that you've said that, I'm acutely aware that we have birthday cake in the kitchen.
1: Yeah, but that's our, that's our treat for finishing this recording.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We've managed to make Danny's birthday cake last like a whole week. It's yeah,
1: great. small slivers. I absolutely adore this next song. I feel like it's one of the, the best songs in this bit. So they resolve. Wagon on fire. Yeah, they resolve that they're going to storm the Dickrats wagon. Yeah. yeah. And they're going to get his child bride. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this song's great. They set fire to the wagon and out comes Lauren Lopez to play the fire.
0: <laughs> yeah. and it's
1: so it's like a little, funny. Uh,
0: what do you call it? Like it's
1: like a little sheet of material.
0: No, I mean the dance. It's an interpretive oh, dance. Oh yeah,
1: it's brilliant. And Elsa's excited at the Bandit King showing up. Mm-hmm. And this is a really brilliant way to end Act One. We've kind of built it up to this point, and there is now stakes. Yes. Not only do they have to get to Oregon, but they have to get Elsa back.
0: Malface, yes. yes. <laughs>
1: Told you, I, I chose my names and I suck <laughs> to them.
0: I like your names, but some of the best moments throughout this are when, like, Jeff Blim specifically addresses other people by their names. Mm. My favourite one is right at the beginning. Yes. When he's obviously just saying them to make sure he remembers them. Yes. But he's like, well, my lovely wife, slippery when wet, mouthface, my daughter, titty middy, grandpa, and, uh, oh, what did they name you? <laughs> <laughs> and Lauren Lopez is like crap hole. And he's Mine like ah is... oh, yes, crap hole. And the mum goes, it's a family name. How could you forget that? I,
1: yeah, it is great. And there's a really nice moment later on. There are some really nice moments with the names that they've chosen. Yeah. But there's a really nice moment later on where it's like that made a lot of sense. Tiddy Middy, and it just yeah, like... <laughs> they're like their delivery. Like they don't corpse when they're saying these characters' no, names, doing a and really it's good so job. good. So we have Act One. And I think this is a really, really good song to end it on. Mm -hmm. We come back to act two and we get lost without you. And again, I think this is really good because I I kind of thought that, you know, we might be getting like a Bonnie and Clyde deal. That Elsa would be very excited to now be with the Bandit King. And actually, grass isn't greener on the other side. Mm -mm. And Elsa misses her family. And it's been months Apparently.
0: <laughs> Supposedly. She also says it could have just been days.
1: <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> after the first chorus, Cletus shows up and shushes Elsa so that the Bandit King and Cletus can sing their song. Yeah. Which I think is great. I was ho- kind of hoping we might get the, the turnaround and have their song. Nope. We never hear their song, and I like the idea that there's another musical song in this world that we never get to see. <laughs> you know, like I like. Yeah, it's I... just
0: happening in the background.
1: Yeah, I think that's really, really awesome. Elsa misses her family. I mean, that's all this scene is: is, is Elsa's not happy?
0: It's her realizing that actually she isn't better off without them?
1: Hmm. She's
0: not actually as smart as she thinks she
1: is. No. And then we cut to an inn. Mm-hmm. Joey Richter with a great mustache.
0: Yeah, and also Jamie Lynn Betty playing NPC number two. Yeah. Which is like the barmaid. Yeah, she just or has her dress wife. and like
1: has like a little like, it's like a bonnet. Yeah. Bonnet. And we learn it's now winter, it's the coldest in years, and no one's stupid enough to be out in this winter. Enter Dick Rats.
0: Enter all the characters.
1: And yes, they start mentioning dysentery because it's a really bad case. It's the worst cases of, of dysentery they've oh, ever seen around these parts. Better watch out. It could kill one of your family. Mm-hmm. Clever. I like that. They
0: just, from the point at which he mentioned he has his dysentery fever dream, it's mentioned over and over again that someone could die of at any moment. Oh, and yeah. he keeps being like, no. Yeah. <laughs> no.
1: I don't understand the Mike's Hard Lemonade joke. And I guess it's a bad alcoholic drink. Like, it's something that has a bad reputation in the US.
0: Yeah, it's supposed to be alcoholic, but it's like not.
1: <laughs> yeah, and they're like, I, I do like the back and forth about how, no, have it for free. You know, I'm just trying to get rid of it. It's two years old. I got a promotional and it, you know, the alcohol actually makes it taste worse. I like the joke. I got mm-hmm. the joke. I just, you know,
0: yep. I
1: don't know if it's an actual thing if they made up. No, or not. no,
0: it's a real thing.
1: Okay, cool. So, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's not American like joke. Twizzlers where they were like product placement for the, the Red Twizzlers. This is very much the opposite where they're like, we don't want to be sponsored by yeah, hard
0: lemonade.
1: basically, yeah. I like this moment—the—the—the the, the, the arguing of, well, is it ethical to give it to a 7 year It's like, why? I mean, there's basically no alcohol in it.
0: <laughs> there is basically no alcohol. in
1: you it. You know, it's basically like a, I guess, um, a Smirnoff Ice over here.
0: Yeah, but even weaker.
1: Jeez. <laughs> wow, that is bad. Mm-hmm. So Zelda decides she wants something harder than whiskey. The hard lemonade. Mm-hmm. She wants whiskey, but they have no means of paying for this. So. <laughs> She spits on her finger, (laughs) Mm. pulls off the wedding ring, and the barman is like, yes, yes, a million times, yes. And she just says... This isn't how
0: I pictured being proposed to, but okay, I'll take it. And
1: goes to kiss her, and she's like, whoa, no, this is payment. And he's like, well, you didn't have to get my hopes up. That's just such a good joke. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I like about Star Kid is... You know they they do a good job of like subverting conventions, yeah, you know, like when do you ever see like the men react in that way in a, in in drama or in media? sure, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I liked that, and Zelda makes a comparison that this marriage is like owning a dog, a really stupid dog mm-hmm. and
0: it's sure he's cute and all, but eventually you have to decide whether or not the dog is good for your family.
1: And I started to realise, like, Bruce Almighty is kind of like, and he's also got a little bit of Chris Pratt about him, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, the same energy he gives off, like, in these sort of, these sort of moments. And, like
0: Josh Gad energy.
1: Yeah. And he steps forward and goes, um, now is this you talking about the dog that I said I wanted us to get? Or am I the dog? Yeah. Because I
0: just want to be clear. Because
1: I just want to be clear. Because, like, if it's the dog I want to get, then no, we don't have to get a dog. If you mean I'm the dog, well, yes, but the dog is also cute and is is loyal. And it's a really nice moment. And I do feel really... I like
0: that he makes her clear herself up. It's quite funny.
1: Yeah. And I do feel really sad for him. I feel like it's deserved when She's Zelda justified. leaves. I do feel sad for him. I feel like he's... I feel like he recognises the gravity of this situation. And he doesn't mm. try to play out. And he becomes serious. He's like, look... I know I need to learn a lot of things, but please don't do this. And I I felt sorry for him. Yeah. I felt justified for Zelda.
0: So the mum leaves and she says she's taking the kid with her. So she shouts for the son to follow her and she leaves. And then he's drunk like three bottles of Mike's hard lemonade and just is drunk, apparently.
1: As Zelda leaves, she says one of my favourite lines. Mm -hmm. She just says, it's not personal. It's survival, mm-hmm. which I think is good. And yes, Nookling's greatest fear is getting in trouble. Yep. And, <laughs> and yeah, like more amazing dialogue. Like Nookling says about like how I have had one shoe for weeks and I was late home that night because I had one shoe and then nobody noticed. So I've just been walking around with one shoe. Yep. I don't know where it is. It bounced off the trailer somehow.
0: <laughs> I knew where it was when I threw it. Yes. But now, though, I don't know where it is. And nobody's asked me about it, so I've just not brought it up. And if somebody asks me, I will say, I don't know. And it's then just so much fun. And then the first thing the mum says to him when he goes outside is, where is your other shoe? And he's like, I don't know.
1: Should have stayed with Dad. Mm-hmm. Before Nookling does leave, they say, I do not love you more than mum, but I certainly fear you less. Mm-hmm. That is some great parting words. Yeah. Stinky Pete sees a lot of himself in Bruce Almighty. And we learn that he didn't banish the lobsters to the sea. No. They banished him from the, the sea. Yes, And that...
0: And they took his million dollars.
1: And, yeah. We also learn that he faked the death of his wife. Yeah. She didn't die. She left him. For was it Barnabas?
0: No, his name is Cornwallis.
1: Cornwallis. Which
0: I don't know whether that's a. I don't know where they got that name from, but the actor that plays Grandpa is called Corey Doris. And I don't know whether that's the joke.
1: No, I don't but think But that it is. kind
0: of sounds like
1: Cornwallis. So, yes. His wife left him for Cornwallis. Mm-hmm. And he faked her death.
0: Cornwallis is a lobster.
1: Yeah. To be clear. To be clear. Con Wallace, supposedly is a lobster. Yeah. And I love that Bruce is just like, mm, okay, okay, okay.
0: Yeah, he's just like, are you getting somewhere with the story or like.
1: And hey, guess what? General Store Guy is back. Mm-hmm. And I love the NPC 2 played by.
0: Mouthface.
1: Played by Mouthface. <laughs> yeah, Jamie played Lin-Betty. by Jamie Lynn Betty. It's just like, hey, General Store Guy. Oh my God, General Store Guy, you're so amazing. Mm-hmm. That's his name to her. And he's bragging about swindling. Bruce Almighty mm-hmm. and then he's like watch this I'm going to do something about this I'm not going to stand for it and he goes and he confronts him yes and it's amazing this is a really powerful you know, formal complaint m- yes and and General Store goes like well hey you know I, I found this burnt down van I will sell it to you for $50 and then Bruce Almighty's like that's mine I left it there
0: because it was on fire yeah
1: and it breaks Bruce Almighty and he demands a free wagon. He will do anything to save his family, mm-hmm. even kill that lady. Yeah. And and you get a great line from Jamie Lynn Betty, where she's like,
0: gasp! One of my favourite things with this scene. I don't know what it is that Jeff Blim actually says, but he says a line and then Joey Richter is clearly supposed to respond. Yes. And doesn't. For like a good minute. And you can see that Jamie Lynn Betty is behind him laugh. shaking. Oh, so yeah, this so, is in a moment. Yeah, so, It's so funny because she's hidden behind him. She's got her arms around him and her head like pressed against his back. But her whole body is shaking because she's laughing. Yeah, it's a, And then Jeff Blim starts to laugh.
1: It's a really nice moment. So I love it when a new singer reprises another person's song and and... Jeff Blim is now singing When the World's at Stake. Mm-hmm. He is singing Zelda's song. And then, just as he's about to start singing another chorus, Incepts general store guy. Yeah. And it's so funny. And we lear- then learn that... Oh, and w- it's
0: bad. It's supposed to be it's bad. It's supposed to
1: be bad. And everyone just looks at him judging it. And he's like, well, guess what? I play Tony in West Side Story. And that's when you She's have so Jamie so Lynn Betty just laughing behind mm. him, in this huge pause, because it's... Just this really silly <laughs> reference.
0: I wonder if he changes what show he references every night.
1: I can't help but wonder. I wonder if that's just like an improvised thing. Just based... The fact that they've got through the rest of this show without the corpsing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I just... There was a part of me that wondered if he just did something special. Just if he... The back of his mind, he's like, I'm going to make them all laugh on tape. hmm And he's like, I'm going to do this.
0: <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah.
1: It's so, so good. And yes... Bruce Almighty gets his demands Mm -hmm. and he just, here's the key, jingle jangle.
0: Yeah, why do we need a key? But you know.
1: And then, oh, this is one of my favourite bits because it's so serious and it's so musical theatre because Bruce Almighty sings the last bit of the song when the world's at stake and he just looks at the audience and smiles and walks off and I'm just like, wow. Yeah. Oh man, this was powerful. It was just like a really awesome moment. Like it felt like, it, it just felt like the culmination is this nice moment, like, he's changed as a character, he's mm-hmm. stepped his game up, and he is a completely different Bruce Almighty. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Him and Grandpa take the new wagon, because they get an, a new model that has round wheels. Yes. And they catch up with the mother and son.
1: This is when Zelda notices Nookling's shoe is missing. Yep. And we get the line, I should have stayed with dad.
0: <laughs> and they all agree that they're going to go and they're going to rescue the daughter. Yeah.
1: And we get one of the most excellent songs. Yeah. Speedrun. Speed Run. I because loved it.
0: of course, that's the best reference. So one of the things you could do in the actual game was you had to choose how fast your ox was pulling your wagon. Yeah. And there were different pace settings. So it was like calm. I can't remember what they were now, but one of them was grueling and they, they just reference it in this and they say, set the pace to grueling. This is awesome. They take off. This is such a good song. Yeah,
1: I loved it. It was just such an amazing thing. I I put my my notes down and I just enjoyed it. Like, Mm -hmm. the visuals were fantastic. Like, the energy for them was fantastic. And all the
0: lyrics as well, because it's Jeff Blim singing, so it's Father's Perspective singing. Mm -hmm. He's singing about how great the mum is and how it's all come from her and, like, she's the one that's going to do this.
1: She is the one who is leading the wagon at this point you know like it's a very nice moment where he's like hey i'm deferring to my wife because zelda is the one who knows what she's doing Mm -hmm. it's really nice we cut back to the banded king's camp and i love jealous cletus who's like girl
0: you're the other woman you're the other
1: woman he's in love with me Mm -hmm. and elsa's like well i don't want to marry him Maybe you marry him. And he's like, no, because he wants you. And I'd never do that to him. Like, Cletus really loves the bandit kid. It's so
0: depressing. It
1: is really sad. So Elsa refuses to marry him. He's like, you know, why? What do I have to do? And she's like, well, maybe not tying me up would help. Mm. And he's like, okay. He seems like he's been quite respectful of her.
0: No, he doesn't. You are a man. (laughs) No, I know. He thinks he's doing the most. He thinks...
1: He thinks he's doing everything and it's like, Well, you're doing literally less than the bare minimum. Yeah. And he says, Okay, fine, I will I will free you. And he undoes <laughs> yeah. the right
0: Oh my god. So <laughs> this is one of my favorite things in shows, especially ones in really small venues, is Oh, you have to have chase scene through the audience. Yeah. So he unties her and she runs up one side of the steps through the sound booth and, and then down, back down.
1: Right into his arms, chased by Cletus. Yeah. It's so, so good. <laughs>
0: and then he's like, well done, Cletus. And Cletus is like, yep, you wouldn't have caught her without me. It's a good thing I was here. Incredible.
1: Yeah, we go to Cork Your Wagon. They've decided mm. that they're going to do their own version of a speed run. They're going to go down the river. They're going to see what's around the river bend.
0: One of my favorite things about this song
1: yeah
0: is that I watch everything with subtitles yeah and because this is an american show mm-hmm. they have american accents and we as english people pronounce this colk yeah c a u l k colk and they pronounce it cock
1: yeah i did wonder <laughs> and what this youtube is
0: subtitles spells it cock
1: <laughs> i i thought it was a very upbeat westernish song mhm and you know, this is a quicker process than building a raft. Yep. You know, it's it's an okay song. I don't feel like it's it's one of the better songs from this show. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's just you know, the fact that it's following speedrun and, you know, the reprise of when the world's at stake. Like you know The song I, is fine. Yeah, this song is fine.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's nothing against boys. I just feel like it's kind of a a slow note.
0: And that's the first time I've really said anything yeah. about that. Friends don't let friends ford the river. Yeah. For- obviously forgotten that rule. Because they decide that they're going to float their wagon, yeah, down the river. So this to is why they're cooker.
1: they're caulking it is because they're covering up anything where water might get in. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, you know, it doesn't work. It basically, doesn't.
0: They, they they tip the wagon over while they're in the water, and they all get washed down. Elsa
1: hangs on to something, and then yes yeah, the she Bandit grabs King a rock, grabs onto her, and Cletus hangs onto him, and. Old habits die hard mm-hmm. because the bandit king does his the bandit king with his fingers, and of course, let's go. Yep, and they float away, never to be seen again. And I think that's a great way to just get rid of your main villain. Yep, you know, like it's Nobody his own...
0: defeated him. No,
1: it was his own stupidity, it was his own hubris. Mm-hmm. Towards, Twas beauty, killed the beast.
0: <laughs> doesn't
1: work in this situation. The dick rats arrive just in time to skinny dip. No. To save Elsa.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And of course, everything goes wrong. Yep. I love that they brought the fabric on to be the water. Yeah. It's very cool. That
0: was cool. Really
1: nice little sequence. I love
0: that. Jerry Richter and Corey Doris have just been swept away and they run back around with that piece of fabric yeah. to like wiggle it at the front of the stage.
1: Well, Cletus is to be on here because he's got to be Stinky Pete. So it's someone yeah. else helping. I think it's one of the band.
0: I didn't really look, I just assumed it was there. No,
1: because Stinky Pete is in this scene.
0: That's so weird. Yeah,
1: so I think it's one of the band who has it.
0: Yeah, or a member of the stage
1: crew. And they crash into a boulder, and we think that's it for them. Mm-hmm. And then Stinky Pete wakes up, and he sees. <laughs> I, right, right. This for is the a record. Costume change. For the record. Yeah. What did I say <laughs> before it actually cut to the reveal?
0: So Danny made me promise that I would tell this on when we recorded, because as this happened, we see him wake up and Danny goes, oh, is it going to be the lobsters that saved them?
1: And yes, because Cornwallis is there. And I love their little like passive aggressive exchange where he's like, what are you doing here? Yeah. And he's like, I came to save you and make amends. How is she?
0: She died <laughs>
1: two years ago. Check your pocket, and you know, like Cornwallis goes, "Like this doesn't change anything," and it's just a really yeah. nice living. And of course, of course, none of the family see this. No, of course, that's not. what makes it even better.
0: And then somebody wakes up and is like, "Who are you talking to, Grandpa?" And he's like, "Just an old friend." Yeah, and they just are like, "Okay, Grandpa." Sure, so that's Nobody why. Him.
1: That's why I don't think the old coot gimmick bugs me with this because mm. he's not wrong. Yeah. You know, and it's just, it's just their surreal comedy at play. They realise that they are now in Oregon. Huzzah. Mm. And I, I I, I said this to you as well. I said, like, right, well they are a hundred yards to the, the state line. Who is dying? They're not all making it across. Someone's going to die. And they're about to step over the state line. And after another quick change, out comes Jerry Richter in a... Very appropriate costume for 2021. Yeah. It's almost like Star Kid called because he's out. And he says, no, we are we are quarantining. You have to pass inspection. He's got his face covering. He's not wearing it properly. It should be over his nose.
0: Well, you know, he's just pretending to be a doctor. But
1: I just thought, like, <laughs> I... I, I uh, inadvertently, it was one of the biggest laughs that I gave at this point. Because I was yeah. just like... <laughs> That's so funny.
0: Yeah, so he says that he has to do a screening and see if any of them have dysentery. And the dad and mum are like, no, no, no one has dysentery. We're all fine. We would know.
1: I can tell by looking. (gasps) (gasps) Yeah, and then.
0: I can tell you that one of you has dysentery.
1: Now, when we played this on YouTube, I saw the four screens. I didn't realise I actually had to pick. Yeah. I thought it was just going to go into a generic one. I Because I, I just assumed they were going to go show you whatever this audience had chosen.
0: No. So the audience in the, the YouTube version, they chose to kill the son. And... I didn't. Danny didn't.
1: I chose to kill the mother.
0: Yep. <sighs> My personal favourite is the daughter.
1: Yeah.
0: But, yeah.
1: Well, yeah. So we'll talk
0: about... We'll talk through them. I
1: chose Zelda... Simply because I didn't feel like I'd have the connection to Sinky Pete dying. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I didn't want to kill one of the children. Yep. And I kind of feel like in terms of storytelling and narrative, if this was something I got to choose, I feel like the narrative is she's been so strong. She's a protagonist and she has to die for this. And then... Bruce Almighty has to become a better father.
0: It's also really nice to hear her sing this big song. Oh,
1: yeah. But, like, it just felt like in terms of the story of this show, the story I wanted for this show was she had to be the one to die. Mm-hmm. Because she's been the most serious. Like, obviously, it has been her fake death. But she has been the most serious throughout. And she is the hero. And, you know... For me, the narrative made sense. So I I actually had to go back and had to reload it because I was half expecting it to just automatically play. I love this concept, though. I really do love the idea of you choose who dies. And we get You've Got to Go. And uh, Bruce Almighty is insisting that, you know, he can lead them. He's changed, kind of. And I really... I do like the juxtaposition. This is your second... The, the second thing that you could do without.
0: I'll explain why, though.
1: I do really like the juxtaposition of, like, this really slow, sad ballad with a few fart noises. Mm-hmm. I I do think they become a little too much as time goes on. Yeah. Uh, but so
0: this is my issue. You're not supposed to watch all five deaths back to back. Which, which we did. Which is what we did because you had to see all of them. And... I can just about tolerate it. Mm. I don't like fart jokes. I didn't like fart jokes when I was a kid, which is when they're supposed to be funny. Yeah. Um, I understand why it's in this because dysentery, I know what dysentery is. Like, you know, I, that's but, the whole joke here. Yeah. It's, you know, whatever. But when you've watched like all of them back to back, I got to a point where I was like, can you just fast forward it? There is
1: a part of me that feels like the Book of Mormon gets this better because it's very like it's done once and then we move past it it's I'm not
0: not gonna like it in that though no either. but it
1: literally is just like a one-sided like fart noise and that's it it doesn't go for a whole three minute long song
0: okay
1: so like i feel like they kind of did it better because they made the illusion to it but however you know... i do
0: really appreciate that joey Richter is making all the fart <laughs> yes. noises and the whoever's been chosen to die just has to react when he makes the noises. Yeah,
1: I like that. and he, I love the, the shots of Joe Richter just, mm-hmm. like, farting into his arm.
0: Yeah. You
1: know? I, I For the record, I don't mind fart jokes. I just think, it, even after one song, it got a little excessive at the end, let alone after watching the five alternate endings, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a minor bugbear. I do like the joke where she's like, I got my second wind. I did think that was funny. Mm-hmm. Um So Elsa cries over her dead mother. Yeah. And again, Bruce Almighty insists on carrying her over the state line. He said, no, we started as a family. We're going to finish as a family. Mm -hmm. And we learn as they cross the state lines that Zelda faked her death.
0: Yeah. So in the same way that she did earlier on in the show, she faked her death. To make her family realise how she basically carried them all here. Now,
1: I feel at this point, I chose wisely. You know, there's the the, the scene in, in Indiana Jones where it's like, you chose wisely.
0: Yeah.
1: I felt like I chose the best ending. We'll talk in a moment. <sighs> we'll talk in a moment. Um, yes. And they now think, well, we're going to live in Oregon and everything's going to be great. What can we do? We've got all these opportunities and stinky peak produces. The million dollar bill.
0: Yes, because Cornwallis Wallace put it in his pocket.
1: And they're going to live like kings and queens Mm -hmm. and everything is great. And
0: they won't have to be farmers anymore. And there's
1: only one way to celebrate when dreams come true. Getting naked. In the lake. Yep. This is an excellent song to end on. Like, I just, I really appreciate the fact that they're in their long johns underneath, but they are.
0: Right. They've been wearing their long johns. The
1: whole show. I don't
0: know what Americans call long johns. Long johns. Is it, do you think it's the same? I think so. Okay. Like onesie underwear. They've been wearing those under their costumes for the whole show.
1: Yeah.
0: It's specifically well, for characters.
1: Would they not have put no. them at the intro? Seriously, wow, I can...
0: They've been wearing them the whole time. You can see them That's in earlier cool. scenes. And imagine being Cory Doris, where you also had to play Cletus, and you mm. had to put the whole costume for him on on top. They must have been
1: warm. Does Joey Richter get involved in this as well? Is he doing the naked and the like, leg? Does he jump in and... Yeah, and,
0: he's the ox.
1: Yeah, so even worse for him. Even worse for him.
0: But, yeah. like, it, I just think it's really funny. No, that
1: is. I, do you know what? This is just the most silliest, like, triumphant, like, victory song. And I loved it. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was absolutely fantastic.
0: Yeah.
1: And, yeah, so we did... Uh, we did go and watch the other endings after. Yes. Yeah, so... This- I think we got to the second one and I just thought huh oh okay so that they're, they're all the same because I was saying to you well I'm glad we chose that one because I chose the best ending because we got naked in the lake which we wouldn't get if we chose to kill the sun and yeah and, and you know Zelda's alive so like this is great we we chose the best ending and you're mm. like oh no just watch yeah and every single ending they all survive anyway which uh, do you know what I like that's fine um, I, I like the idea of think giving the, the watchers the idea that they have power. And it's like, no.
0: You have no power. No, 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 here. no, no, no,
1: no. So, so, do you want the, to talk through the different endings?
0: The son, the father and the grandpa, when they die, they're brought back to life by the cool, clean yeah. Oregon air. And it's the same line every time. It's about how the air has revived. Which, them. So,
1: I did rank the endings and they are all bottom for me. Just because they're the same. It's fine. Yeah, and it's not a bad ending. Obviously, the
0: mother fakes her death in order to get recognition for everything she did while they were travelling.
1: And it's my second favourite of the endings. My
0: favourite ending is the daughter fakes her death in order to make the mother feel bad about faking her death. And she copies exactly what the mother does. She's like, oh, St. Peter sent me back. But
1: the best thing about it is just how sarcastic it is. Like her delivery. Yeah. It's so OTT. The good Lord sent me back. This is sweet revenge. Yeah. Like, it's just so perfect. And then we done. have the
0: response from the mother where she says, well that was not nice and I will not be doing that again because I understand now how that feels and it should not feel good. And
1: that is why that was my favourite ending. Yeah. Because, don't get me wrong, when we watched Zelda come back, I just thought, great, that's the perfect time to reprise this joke. Mm-hmm. But an even better way to reprise this joke is giving a taste of her own medicine. Yeah. So, yes, that is The Trail to Oregon. Yeah. What is your favourite song in this one?
0: Either Speedrun or Gone to Oregon. Because that gets it stuck in my head all the time. Gone to
1: Oregon's great. I put Wagon on Fire, Speedrun. I could have said pretty much all the songs other than my my skip songs. Which is? You've Got to Go and Cork Your Wagon.
0: I think Cork Your Wagon is also my skip it song, but You've Got to Go, I think, is really good.
1: Yeah, it was okay. It just felt more like kind of...
0: If you listen to it without the farts, it's quite a good song. Yeah,
1: I think that's the thing. Is I think by the point of this time, I was just kind of like...
0: This is the end now. I don't
1: think I could listen to it with the fart noises, you know? Like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. And it, don't get me wrong, I really loved hearing it from five different people. And it's really interesting how each each performer has a different spin on it. Uh, I just felt like if there's only a recording out there with the fart noises, no, I'm not listening to that. Mm-hmm. If you listen to it without the fart noises, then it, it doesn't count. But I would say Cork Your Wagon is the weakest of the songs yeah. and the fact that pretty much all the other songs I could add to a playlist.
0: Which character would you want to play?
1: Kind left that blank, but I am, I am going to say father.
0: You just want to be Jeff Blim.
1: It's not that I want to be Jeff Blim. <laughs> and I know I chose his character last time he watched the Star Kid.
0: Mm-hmm. I just
1: think there's something about the way he presents himself that it's, it just looks so much fun.
0: Yeah.
1: So I, I do, but then I'd also quite like the kind of like, the Bandit King. And getting
0: to play everyone. And getting to play
1: everyone like that. You know, like, that's very cool. But I just, I really do like father's performances. You yeah. Know, like, and the trajectory. I, that's who I'd want to play. Who would you want to play? The son. See, I would also like <laughs> to play the son. But, you know.
0: I could never get away with it. I Lauren Lopez is very short.
1: <laughs> so I Lauren Lopez is my MVP for this one. Yeah, not, same. Not Jeff Blim. Who just misses out on it.
0: Jeff Blim should be the MVP because he is so such a talented performer. He's so funny. And he also wrote this. Yes. But at but... the same time, performance wise, Lauren Lopez is
1: the son. You know, like He's so funny. I gave it to Jeff Blim last time for uh a guy who didn't like musicals, I'm pretty certain. Yeah. And I just do you know what? The small moments with the son being like, Hey, I am a seven year old and like his I mean, little
0: monologues is so great. They
1: are. They are absolutely amazing. And Lauren Lopez was just fantastic. Like I say, mm-hmm. you could really see where she was, was, was going as a performer. Like it was very different from Draco. I had like some of the best bits of Draco, but just definitely calmed Turned down. down. Yeah. yeah. So we took to Twitter and Instagram again this week, as we have done over the past few weeks. 59% of you on Twitter love the trail. Mm-hmm. With only six percent of you saying no, it wasn't for me. Thirty-five percent of you say it's okay, not my fave. Which, when you've got like as many shows from StarKid as there are, I don't feel like that's pretty damning. Like, I feel like it's it's quite accessible to say there are better StarKid musicals that you prefer. I feel like it's a fair comment. Yeah, and
0: it depends on your kind of humor. I think. Yes,
1: but you know, fifty-nine percent of people like this show. At this is me, Georgia said, "Oh my god, it's so exciting! You guys are watching Team StarKid stuff. I love their work and complimented it with a gif of." The Banded King. Excellent. Which was excellent. At Star Munch Jones said, You guys definitely need to watch Black Friday at some point. I think that and Firebring are my two favourite Starkid albums, and they're so professionally done, it's astounding. It's not a Broadway production at points. You know, not so much about this one, but I do think we're talking about Starkid. You know, like.
0: Yeah, we know what we're getting into.
1: On Instagram, 83% of people said yay, as opposed to the 17% who said nay. Your mum did say. I don't know that one, so I can't vote. And I said, you probably have heard Drew and Jake sing it and watch it.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And on Instagram, Duda underscore Aguchi said, I love that they ask the audience to name the characters like the game. The opportunity to choose the end is also really cool. The humour there is a little bit more silly than other StarCard productions, especially the older ones. And I would agree, there is some really... I, I would say that the ending with the farting is perhaps the silliest thing I've ever seen them do.
0: Yeah. You haven't seen Annie.
1: No, but I do... <laughs> no, but I I think... I think the humour is a, just a wee bit more mature than what we had with...
0: Anything else. Well, OK, yeah. not
1: mature, but restrained when you compare it to the Potter trilogy where the same jokes might go for a while. Mm-hmm. The fact that they didn't give All-American Son more monologues shows that they're reflecting on the creative process and they're editing down yeah, and thinking about works and not overdoing the jokes. Mm-hmm. So I'd agree with that. Like it, you know, there are moments where it's sillier, but I also think there are moments where it's just more And restrained.
0: it's only sillier in reference to something that exists. Yes. It's not like it's an original work. Yeah. Obviously it is, but you know what I mean? It's based on a, a game and the references that they're making that are silly are direct references to things in the games.
1: Yeah. So I gave this one five stars. hmm It continues the trend of starting a brand new notepad with a really positive show. The yeah. last one was Anna in the Apocalypse.
0: Cool.
1: You know, don't get me wrong, there are issues with it, but I just loved watching this. I love the concept. I wish they'd done more with the choices. Mm-hmm. I do feel like it's kind of a cop out that your choice at the end doesn't matter, but I think that's hilarious. Yeah. Um I think if they had more choices where they mattered and then you get to that one, then you're like, yeah, it doesn't like you don't get get the 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 choices. I think it would be funnier. Mm -hmm. But I love the idea of naming characters. I love the idea of, you know, them at the end. And yeah, I can forgive a lot of the issues with it because Starkid are humorous performers. And I I loved this one. What are we going to watch next week?
0: Next week, we are going to be watching a Barbara Streisand musical.
1: Barbara Streisand is making her debut on the podcast.
0: Have we not? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I didn't even think about that.
1: I think what's more embarrassing is the fact that we have to say, yes, we are covering this on the podcast because Danny hasn't seen this one. Mm. Because this is one that is very important. You know, I did watch a lot of Glee, and obviously Rachel Berry wants to perform a certain role.
0: Right, I was thinking about this the other day. So the musical we are going to be watching next week is Funny Girl. You will know nothing about the plot of this musical from Glee.
1: <laughs> no, we know she auditions for it, but that's about it.
0: We see her in it. We yeah. see her in rehearsal for it. They at no point drop the plot of this musical. No.
1: So Crazy. I feel like we're covering a big one next week. Mm-hmm. And I like that we've kind of cleansed the palette. We've We've got back onto winning ways after, you know, two, two of our less strong weeks, for me at least. Yep. So yes, Funny Girl is on the horizon. Very, Mm -hmm. very excited by that one. We also have on Sunday over here in the UK two of our most favourite people ever. Yay! John Barrowman and Elaine Page will be starring in All-Star Musical. I say starring in John Barrowman's hosting. So John
0: Barrowman's the host and Elaine Page is one of the judges.
1: So we are going to drop a bonus episode at some point uh, kind of discussing our our views on that one. We don't know when that one's going to launch. It might be uh, at some point this week. It might be... Uh, at some point next week but watch mm. out for that uh it won't be a long episode it will just be kind of talking about the show and the different contestants and we enjoy it uh, yeah. i thought i i thought it might be like a long term series but you told me it's a one off i so. believe it's a one off yeah we will be covering all star musical because why not we do yeah, like to give you yeah and we want
0: a... to support that the fact that they're using west end ensemble yes. uh, actors because obviously everyone's been out of work for a really long time for a and year. it's so yes. nice that they are using ensemble casts from musicals yeah. that have been on in the west end recently so yes
1: we will be covering that so if you listen to this let us know your thoughts it might be too late you know when we're recording but let us know your thoughts anyway if you watch it because mm. you know if we haven't recorded yet we'd love to have your opinions as always and please do get involved in the conversation on funny girl is this one that you love is this one that you just don't get the hype for please let us know because I think this is going to be a big show. And we are very nearly at the year mark. We do have, I think, two weeks now until we hit a year of doing this show. Mm. So we have got some exciting episodes on the horizon. So we are going to be doing Funny Girl. And then the week after, we're going to be talking about the Tim Minchin production of Jesus Christ, Superstar (laughs) because it is easter weekend over here yeah
0: it is and
1: i think you know our first episode was joseph in the week of our year amazingly let's go back to andrew lloyd webber let's go back to something biblical sure and we are also going to bring out a very special bonus episode Mm -hmm. drew is i'm currently revising Uh as all good teachers at the end of a year we need to Chronicle the progress of our students. Yes.
0: So I'm going to be writing a quiz for us to do, for us, for you to do, to see how much you've actually learned over this year of watching musicals. It would be very skills. cruel if
1: it's for us to do, considering you are writing the quiz. I know. So yes, that will launch on the year anniversary of the first episode dropping. So watch out for that. Mm-hmm. Very, very exciting. And there's a lot more on the horizon yet to come. Yeah. So as always, you can get involved in the conversation over on Twitter and Instagram at it's a musical pod. And you can email us at it's a musical pod at gmail.com. As always, you can find us on a multitude of great podcast platforms. You can find us on Apple podcasts, on Spotify, on Google podcasts, on the Amazon music podcast section on Stitcher and on Podbean I still love that we are on Spotify and Mm -hmm. Apple Podcasts that never gets old Yeah. and you can subscribe to us so you are notified of all this new episodes and potential bonus episodes that will be coming your way so you don't miss them and why not in honour of that year milestone leave us a review and let us know what you think of the show I can't wait to talk about Funny Girl next week
0: yeah me too
1: you'll be able to find us next week same bat place same bat channel
0: and as usual have a magical musical Monday